0: Here look at page 5.10. 5.10. <laughs> Heaven hey, came down, glory filled my <laughs> soul.
1: Uh, a pretty good rain shield that went over. uh, I don't know about everybody else, but we needed it up on our hill in Blocksville. Uh, Blessing from the Lord to get that. Um, uh, Elaine wanted me to tell y'all that she just didn't have words to uh, express uh, the feeling that she had about the way the church responded last week. um, She just was just floored by it. Uh, apparently so much so she couldn't hardly walk this morning (laughs) But uh, um, she also asked me she had a a block uh, a couple months ago and she'd asked the church to pray for her and it worked so good and it was a series of three she's having and she had another one a week or two ago a week and a half ago and she didn't have as good good luck with that one it's supposed to be a series of three and the third one is supposed to really do some some good uh, they're they're actually um, killing some nerves uh, in her her spinal area, but she's having another one Wednesday. And she said, I asked the church to pray for me on the first one, and it worked. And I I didn't mention the second one, and I didn't have good luck. She said, I want you to please ask them to pray for me on Wednesday. But I'm having this this third block, and uh, so I have fulfilled my wife's request this morning. <laughs> I successfully didn't forget it, and. Uh, uh, so y'all remember her? She's uh, she has a uh, she has been in a lot of pain for a long time, and she needs some relief. So just remember her that this will be successful and and Lord will bless her with, uh, with some uh, some relief. Yes. And, uh, good to see everybody. Any great to see you back. I mean, they put a big old hole right there. We've been missing you. I'd love to see you back. Um, you know, I was I was reading. Um, an old book. Um, my mother went to Plains, Georgia back. Well, mom died in 1998, so it's been a long time before that, a good while before that, probably back in the late 80s. And they went by Jimmy Carter's museum. And she bought an autographed copy of his book. Uh, it's a book on, it's just short lessons on faith. And uh, each chapter is just maybe two or three pages long in the book. And I never had read it. I, I, I found that thing last week looking <laughs> for pictures and uh, I've been reading a little bit and he had a chapter in there about um, sheep and uh, you know we're, we're called a flock and he said you know right off the bat you would think that wasn't really um, something that you would to be called was a sheep because sheep are not considered to be very smart uh, they get scattered real easily. If they're not in the pasture, uh, they just get lost and wander around. They're real vulnerable to uh, animals attacking. And he said, if you think about it just a little bit, that's kind of us. You know, if we get scattered, we're very vulnerable. And and he called it the, the wolf or the dog that attacked the sheep. And uh, we know that Satan's out there. And, and we've all seen enough animal shows on TV to know that if a flock gets scattered and a, one's off by itself, that's the one line that the tiger's going after. It's not gonna attack the whole flock. So I guess calling us a flock is a compliment because uh, together we've got a shepherd leading us and, and, and we're protected.
0: And, uh,
1: I'm gonna read a little bit here in, in just a second. Um, about the parable of the, that Jesus gave um, about the sheep and uh, you know, he talked about the one coming in uh, through any other way than the door is a, is a liar and a thief or a robber I think he called it and, um, but the one who comes in the door the sheep will hear and will know his voice he said all those that came before uh, the imposters the sheep didn't hear and if you think about that, there's been a lot of people you know, come and go in history, uh, proclaiming to be something great, and, and, and they, they had their moment of fame, and their flame went out. But Jesus came, and he had 33 years on earth, thereabout, and um, his flame grew brighter and brighter. It, it endured, so he was the true shepherd of the sheep. And, um, Let's see. Uh, in the uh, 10th chapter of John, um, the 11th verse, he said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd uh, giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is not hireling. He careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And and other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall one uh, there be one foe and one shepherd. Henceforth if my father loved me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. And this is interesting to me. You know, we've always talked about the crucifixion, and in our mind we think, well, the Romans, uh, the Romans took his life. But he says, no man, when he talked about, lay down his life and, t- and take it up again, he says, no man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. So in reality, um, the Romans didn't kill Jesus. He gave His life for us. He knew that was the purpose for which He came. And um, He is the shepherd. He is the good shepherd. He's the true shepherd. And uh, if if we'll stay in the flock and stay close, we'll hear His voice. He'll, he'll keep us safe. He'll keep us in the group, in the, in, in, in the shelter uh, where he, he leads us. We go out on our own. We become as that little gazelle or something that you see on the, the wildlife shows. He gets out there by itself, He's in big trouble. I get out away from, uh, far away from the shepherd. I'm in mean, trouble. And uh, So, you know, that's, uh, to me that's another thing that, that we have a commandment to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together and that's a way I stay close is by assembling with a group of followers that you know we have like minds and like thoughts and and we encourage each other and help each other Uh, because out there on my own I'm just a little wounded gazelle waiting on the the line to get me that's all I am and uh, you know I think it was uh, when well, our former pastor says, "But by the grace of God, I'd be stealing chickens by midnight." Uh, he's, he he leads us and keeps us in a safe place, sure. and uh, that's that's what I've got this morning. Um, anybody got anything you'd like to
0: say this morning? Brother Bob, Roger, I'd like to ask the church to remember the group that's in
2: Poland right now, doing day camp for the Ukrainian. Um, Kids in a, in a yeah. refugee camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to have just some logistical problems. Just you know, you're not going to have a big, nice building with lots of tables and things like that. But um, they've they've done this and probably much worse. But remember them, that group. Awesome. Those you know, those kids that if you're in Ukraine and if you're a man and if you're between 18 and 60. You can't leave the country they won't let you leave because they consider you fighting age so those kids have fathers and big brothers and uncles and grandfathers that they kind of have no idea if they're alive or not
1: well, do we have any update on, on the pastor of the church that was here
2: so he's gone back right now and he'll be coming back in a couple of months for some chemo treatments um, we just have to wait and see. So hopefully he'll be able to come see
1: us next time he's here. Just hope but he had to go back to Ukraine. So he got special permission for medical treatment. He's doing well uh, help wise uh, I've got a, a, an invitation I'm just going to read as a way of an announcement. This is from Tate's <laughs> Gap, Missionary Baptist Church. We would like to cordially invite you to attend and your to, or are ordained to participate in the ordination of Brother Greg Owens and Brother Jimmy Thomas as deacons at Tate Scott Baptist Church. The service will be held uh, August 28th at 2 p.m. Yours in Christ, Neil Whited, Pastor. But I don't know these, uh, these gentlemen, but if anybody knows them and would like to go, you have an invitation um, from, from the uh, church there to, to go help in that ordination and sister Pam have you got an update on this for the um, Ronald McDonald
3: yes Um, uh, Roger and Belinda and myself are the um, local missions committee and so we've served uh, 50 families at the Ronald McDonald house we had it catered uh, because we had to have a background check and COVID id and i didn't know that until right at the last minute so um uh, but i just that's one thing i love about this church is the mission mindedness of sharing god's word with people but also sharing his love through service and so i just thank the church
1: for that and that's 50 families y'all in a, a spot right now they they've got loved ones in the, the hospital most likely children and um, um, they're stuck in Birmingham, or treatments, and, and whatever the situation is, and a lot of times they, they show up with just what they've got on. So um, you know we we do what we can to help them with a, a good meal every once in a while, and we're even we've even talked about doing like a, a little um, toiletry type thing where we we get toothbrushes and toothpaste and things like that, deodorant things that. They might arrive there without, them. and uh, we, we, we're thinking about that. And, uh, Pam has mentioned that a time or two that, that you know we could do that. And uh, I'm going to try to see what what I can do uh, through the place I work and see if they'll help us some. But uh, if anybody wants to do that, those little personal items, you know, little travel pack items and stuff like that, uh, we we would like to get some of that together sometime. Take it down and give it to them too, because that that would help too in that situation. Yeah, if you've ever been in a, a place um we didn't have a toothbrush didn't have your hairbrush or comb or whatever uh, it's it, it adds to your uh to your anxiety i'm sure mm-hmm. in the situation uh, there's not anything else at this time Roger, um in kentucky
4: right now there's a lot of flooding a lot of homes have been lost a lot of churches have been flooded in that area I go on mission trips every summer, but I hadn't got to go since I been in spring. But um, some places that I've driven and I've been in are underwater right now, and they're sending people from my home church to clean up mud and houses and uh, try to help in whatever ways that they can. If there's anything that I can, I'm gonna ask them and see if there's anything we can help with, and i let us know. And right
1: now, it's just mainly prayers for the families to be safe and to have what they need. Keep those people uh, in mind. It's hard to imagine flooding when, when it's been as dry around here as it has, but it's a real thing. And, uh, flooding is a very scary thing. It's very destructive, too. Anyone else? <laughs> Turn it over to our, our Sunday school teachers. And the,
5: because I've been having to prepare Ken and I for, for, the, the, for the, virus. the pastor. Mark Correll has had cancer and was in UAB for the longest patient with COVID. He is out and he's started back, you know, from his home preaching again. But he did have to have some toes amputated and he's facing a possible amputation of five toes, uh, and he's got to go in medicine for his so cancer treatment. But I just ask for the church to pray for him. Uh, you know he's, he he's weak, but he is back preaching the gospel, and um, he, he's facing the amputation. Um, and I'm just asking Mark Correll, this is C O R R E L, uh, if y'all would just continue to pray for him because he's just a fighter. He is just he said, I am gonna keep doing it preaching the gospel till the Lord takes me out. And I mean he is just on fire for Jesus, loves the Lord and uh, if y'all could just pray for him, we're just asking for um
3: okay. I pray that he does not have to go to the meditation but um, you know I know this whether he does or not then he is going to keep preaching and he's got a uh, the cancer treatments coming up <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. We just love him so much. We've known him so long, and uh, i just pray for his family too. You know, I pray for his wife. She is such a prayer warrior. She has just stood and prayed. You know, believe God to keep him alive. And, God and, and we've been listening to him now for about
0: five years. It, it, it talks real fast but after I listen for about a year I can keep up with him and, and, and
6: uh,
7: he's so full of knowledge we've learned so much from of yeah. revelation mm-hmm.
0: that's,
7: that's right. Mm-hmm. and I, I, I would just recommend if anybody gets a chance go on YouTube and listen to some of his he's uh, mm-hmm. got to in the news and prophecy in the day it's news he learned so much about the news that we don't carry on regular TV. And we have just, the book of Revelation used to be an a, a entire mystery and, and me, and I could not understand hardly any of it. And now we have a, like a hooked on phonics thing. Each chapter has got a little riddle to it, like in, in, in a rhyme in chapter one, We shall see the sun. It
0: describes how Jesus Christ looks. So
7: we have learned what each chapter uh, has, has in it, about it. So we just learned so much about this man. And he's come back now for, I think, two weeks in a row each week. And he does, uh, he speaks slower now because of this weakness. But uh, just recommend anybody go on YouTube and look up Mark Curiel and listen to some of his sermons. Hey, he lives in Graystone, He's from.
5: Pennsylvania, but the Lord knew King Peter back in the 80s. I think it's when he came to Birmingham Mission. But I don't glorify him because he'd be upset if he heard all this accolades. You know, but I just know that um, they've been through a lot and they've just been faithful. it sounds like a man, maybe at this point weak in body but strong in spirit.
3: Yes. Very strong. And thank y'all for praying because I really believe we are the saints coming back from the valley of the shadow of death Ew. i really believe that with all my heart and we just Ew. you know when we pray i just think when we pray we pray you know say jesus you said in your word thus thus and we pray with faith and believing and i know that there's i would not be alive today I, I don't share this often but um I was diagnosed back in the 70s with stage four cervical cancer. And uh, I'm just gonna tell you, I had a lot of people pray for me too, I was real and we old had a child five years old. Mm-hmm. And I can remember when I came out of that diagnosis from that doctor, my daughter was crying. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I remember that afternoon, the wind blowing in my hair and it's a warm day. And I just looked up and I said, Jesus, I just don't think you're throat at me yet. And just something in me said, so, you know, just trust me. Sometimes the Lord don't give you the two words, trust me. And, <laughs>
0: right.
3: and uh, I know at my church, people prayed for me. I went back and it was gone. There was nothing there. <laughs> and the doctor came in and said, you're shaking his head. He said, man, I don't know what to say to you. Yes. It's gone. Yes. So I, I just have to believe. Because I am here because of Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, so when we pray, I, just, I want us to pray. Do we believe what we pray? When
1: well, he says pray, believe, know. does.
3: <laughs> uh, uh, I love y'all. This is such a beautiful church. And I thank you for, when we do pray for people, we do pray in one accord. And we, we're seeing so many problems here that God is being glorified, and I thank Jesus that he's being lifted up, no Oh, uh, And I just love y'all so much.
1: I love all of
0: you so much. Anyone else?
1: If not, we'll take our 72 classes now.
8: de la <laughs> Uh, Good to see each one that's here. It's great to see Brother B. this morning. Uh, Oh, I do have a question. Has anybody heard from Chris? Did the helicopter have to get him off the mountain, or did he make it? Okay. Uh, Just wondering. (laughs) Okay. And finally, I'm going to brag on somebody and brag on the value of uh, prayer. Uh, Bo and I started our proton treatments, and we get him up, and he stands up, and we spin him around, and he sits on the table. So, progress. And yes.
6: Prayer's being answered.
8: Yeah. Anyone else a word this morning?
6: They Actually, but Michael come in there to help. Uh, he got to see the space shuttle that I'm getting in. It's like
8: the whole back of the room is a will pivot this way, this way, this way, and it's huge. And he said, oh, that's just the nose cone. There's a three-story building behind us for the rest of it. That's,
1: that's a, a three-story gimbal, isn't it? Yeah, he said it's
8: like the nose cone of the space shuttle is all you could see. <laughs> uh, well, we're not in Joshua, are we? It's good to be. Here. It is good to be here this morning. Thank the good Lord I finally got some rain yesterday. It's,
7: yeah.
8: it's uh Roger's devotion, the songs that Brother Wayne sang just, just led right into what I want to talk about a few minutes this morning. We're in the 13th chapter of the book of Genesis. And just to back us up a little bit. There got to be some friction between the herdsman of Abraham and the herdsman of his nephew, Lot. So much to the point that the the decision was made to part ways. And uh, Abraham gave Lot the choice. (coughs) Um, And Lot chose based solely on what he saw with his eyes. Well, his first choice, I would hope God would have grabbed Abraham by the leg and said, I'm not leaving. Yeah. And um, and that's the first point I really want to make. Lot chose to separate himself from the family of God. Because really, Abraham, his, his group was the family of God at that time. And I saw... And the Scripture says he he pitched his tent towards the plains of Sodom and Gomorrah. And I thought, he turned the direction of his life in a bad way. And I, I know a young man that I've been in church with many times and had respect for him. And I watched him pitch his tent away from the church family. Last I knew, he'd gotten out of jail. His life had gone downhill so badly since he decided to pitch his tent away, in a direction away from the family of God and how it's cost him. It's cost him his family. It's cost him everything. He's been into stuff I never dreamed he would. But the first thing he did, he pitched his tent toward the world. And away from the family of God. And that's a warning to all of us. Sure. Yeah. We mentioned a few Sundays ago what the church family meant to us, and I try to keep my mouth shut when I can because I'm up here so much. But one of the things the church family does for me is it holds me accountable.
7: Amen.
9: Yeah.
8: Boy, when and especially when my, they laid their hands on me to be a deacon, I'm responsible to those men. If I'm ever happy to do something, boy, that's the first thought I have. No, I'm not. I don't want to face that presbytery having done that. Yeah. There's accountability. Yeah. I mean, that shouldn't be the highest priority, but, but it's in there. Sure. Yeah. I feel accountable to my church. Now. I don't want to let anybody down. Yeah. But Lot chose... We'll pick up at verse 11. Just to back up just a little bit. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east and they separated themselves the one from the other. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan. And and we use that phrase a lot, the land of Canaan. And I've I've never really looked at the land of Canaan as being heaven, a symbol of heaven. It said the land of Canaan had hills and valleys. (coughs) Symbolic, there were ups and downs. There was hills to climb. I look at Canaan as when the Christian starts living that victorious life. You know, when you know, we, give, we ask Christ to come into our soul, but that real joy in a Christian walk is when we give Him our life and let Him lead our lives. So we, you know, the victorious life. Because we are victorious. We are winners. And when we live in that realm, walking in the Spirit of God, the land of Canaan is kind of a foreshadow of that. There were battles to be fought, but there were also great big clusters of grapes. Yeah, a beautiful land, but it had hills and valleys. And Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan. He was where God wanted him to be. And Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And I've often heard the phrase, and it is scriptural, sin is sin. If we've sinned, you know, we're all sinners. It's different, some of us are saved by grace. But it looks to me like here in verse 13, there are some sins that God ranks higher than others. and you can I've seen people try to spin this every way they can but according to the 13th verse what was going on in Sodom was exceedingly wicked as we would say it was in the top 10 if not the top two or three when it comes to sin we'll get into that more later but I just want to point out here this writer through this verse in here basically showing the danger of the direction Lot had pitched his tent, it was a bad direction because that city of Sodom was bad news. Okay, we'll leave that there for now. We'll pick back up where we left off. Anybody comment on the, the Lot and Abraham separation we covered last Sunday? Well, when you say sin is sin, it reminds
7: me too that uh, when the angels were cast out of heaven. Mm-hmm. Some of them were sent right to hell, kind of like a holy thing to be cast into the lake of fire later. And my little bit of understanding of that is some of those angels sinned more than others did. It's
8: possible. We all know that different sins come with different consequences. There there, there are sins I could do that wouldn't disqualify me from being a deacon, but there are sins that would. So there's there's different consequences, sure. But the main point I want to make there, the scriptures say the sin in Sodom was exceedingly wicked. Both.
6: Well, um, and and I think this would this would go straight to Sodom if you study what was going on there. Um, in our society, I, I heard a, a man say this past week and I thought it was very poignant was that the belief in God it has really dropped in the United States. Mm-hmm. Especially
8: um, among the younger generation.
6: Especially, right. yes, among anybody thirty-five or less. Mm-hmm. But not only does does that have to be a problem, they they feel like that they themselves are God that um that 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 what they want is is paramount. Um and I, I thought it was very poignant what the man said was that number one you have to believe there's a God and and you ain't it or I ain't it. Um that um you know there is a, a, a I am um, good job, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that um, you know this a lot of the things and I'll not go into them, that are going on in our society right now it is uh, directly in come in conflict with believing that there is a God and that you ain't it. Um, that, uh, and, and I'll, I'll leave it at that, that there is a God and I ain't it. And Bo, in, in addition to that, there's
7: some churches that teach us that, that their pastor and their congregation are gods, that they are little gods.
8: I'm dirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just dirt with a deceitfully <laughs> wicked heart.
6: Yeah. yeah I, and you know, we we sing a song, "A Child of the King," but now, and, and I'm with you. I, there is nothing good about me, other than what Christ put in me that Monday night, and that will will be eternity. But not what you see here.
8: Is that not what Paul really meant when he said the only thing he gloried in was the cross? Mm -hmm. Nothing in him to glory. He had nothing to be proud of, nothing to boast about, but he
1: gloried in the cross. That's right. He went went to that cross
0: voluntarily.
8: Marilyn's not in here. I had a girlfriend one time give me a T-shirt. And it, had, and it had an apple in it with one bite out of it. And it said, not perfect, just forgiven. <laughs> I don't know if she knows about
0: that. She <laughs> will. I am wondering,
8: though, if came and got her purse, does she owe one of them kids money?
0: <laughs> what are you doing back there? <laughs> Preacher, what's
8: your dog's name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 But, uh, but by seriousness, I, I feel like the sin in Sodom was homosexuality. I think that's, well, that's kind good. of no brainer. That that sin was classified as exceedingly wicked, it, And it, how in our country now it's exceedingly cruel.
6: Yeah, so, so is transgender. I can't help but believe that in Sodom and Gomorrah that that was manifesting itself too. Uh, because that is that is the ultimate putting yourself as, as God, as, you know, God made me a boy, but I want to make me a girl, so God made a mistake. I know better than God. I know okay. better than God. And that's exactly where that is. All
8: right. Let's try to knock out a few verses of New Scripture now. Verse 14. And that says, After Lot had separated himself, and the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up thine eyes now, and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. And I can't help but believe Abraham just happened to be on a hill at this point in time where he could see a long ways. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. Now, what's the problem with this verse? He don't have any children. This is the third time. It happened in verse 6. No, it's going to happen. It happened here. It happened in verse 2. And it happened in verse 7. God mentions his seed. And I, I wonder how Abraham takes that. I'm seventy-five years old. And I don't have any children. And this is the third time God's talked about my seed.
3: But one thing I noticed when we were um, I don't remember what verse it was, but you know, Abraham's dad was seventy-five when he met him. Yeah,
0: that is when true. he was born. Yeah.
3: So, you know, our concept of childbearing at a certain age uh maybe a lot
8: different from what theirs was. And we don't know the age of his, his wife. So, yeah. But I just wonder Abraham, hmm. Yeah. Did, he well, ponder, did he ponder that? Because it's going to come to a point down the road where Abraham will say, wait a minute, God, now look. I, I don't understand this. But this is
6: the third time he's mentioned it. But You know, if If Lot had been as smart as Ruth, he'd have saved himself a lot of trouble. Yes, he would have.
8: And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Wow, what a promise! And we look at it. We know that eventually Abraham becomes the father of the Jewish nation. He becomes the father. of the Arab nation and how to put he became the father of the nation of faith. I'll put it that way. The Christians, the church. Yeah. sure Yeah. Yeah. So I said well, that's going to be a lot of people, can we go add that number up? for however, however however long ago in history this was. Yeah. He tells him to arise and walk throughout the land in the length of it, and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. I think Abraham got to see it all, but as we mentioned, he never parted for long. He, he journeyed his whole life, but through the land he came. You know, I
9: talk about that just for a second. I was reading that earlier. It said that, um, that Abraham and his clans they walked from Ur to Haran, that was six hundred miles.
0: Mm-hmm.
9: And then they went to Canaan, which is four hundred miles, down to Egypt three hundred and twenty-five miles, and then back to Canaan again. So that would be comparable to going from Atlanta to Amarillo, Texas, and make a circle back to frail. That's, That's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Circling with your herds,
8: your cattle. Yeah. And it was walking. Yeah. (coughs) Verse 18, then Abraham removed his tent. There's his faith again. God said, arise and go. He packed his bags.
0: Yeah.
8: And he didn't know what was over the next hill. He'd never been there. But that's one of the reasons Abraham is so regarded as having such faith in the Scriptures. God told him to do something; he did it, not knowing when he left Ur. He didn't even know where he was going. God told him to tell him when he got there. A vacation my wife would never do. Let's go on vacation. Where do you? Know? I'll know. We'll get there. We'll know. know. It's planned out. I do too.
1: But. Uh, Abraham
8: just journeyed to each of
1: those places. The amount of faith he, that he showed there, just to go. like he said, not knowing where he's going, not, yeah. not knowing what's over that next hill. Um, i am kind of a little bit like Marilyn. I want to know where I'm going and how I'm going to get there. Actually, I have this little thing sitting on my dash that tells me turn right one mile on the highway. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> takes me straight to where I'm going. I don't like the unknown. Uh, in, in traveling and driving, I don't like, not know where I'm at or where I'm going. So. I used to actually to read a road map. Believe it or not. But. <laughs> What's a <roadmap>? but that's, <laughs> you with the road map?
8: But now, but now think of this. It might not be too bad if God told me to go somewhere and I went. But He's responsible for His whole plan and His herdsmen and their children, and He's He's got a lot more to think about than just Himself. He's
9: gonna,
8: oh, yeah, there's not a Walmart. No. And, and he's got to keep all these folks alive. Great riches don't do you a lot of good if there's nothing to trade for. And he don't know what's in that next town or that next place. So he's got a lot on his shoulders he's carrying to have the faith he does to risk his whole... We'll use that word plan. That's about as good as anything to put his whole clan's life at risk.
4: And I'm thinking about even just the people accusing his his clan. Like, in reality today, when you have a leader to get everybody on board to do something that is so off of norm, Mm -hmm. how he would have to, I'm sure they had faith too, but for him to be that leader that is Looked upon to trust, and he's listening to God, and to, they did whatever he was told to do. The confidence they had. And that's in a lot, yeah. That's that's really a lot, you
8: know. He must have had something that they saw in his life, right? And he
4: had to be, he had to show God was shining through him for sure.
8: But one thing they did see in verse, this last verse will cover covers it. Then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of memory which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Every time he got to a stopping place, he goes to be at. He worshipped God. And I think they saw that. Yeah, they saw that in his life. It says he builds an altar. But what's an altar for? It's a worship center. At that time is the place of worship. Yeah. yeah. Every time he got where he was going, he did stop and say thank you.
5: He wanted. We'll stop here this morning. Yes, ma'am. I think that's the most, one of the most beautiful things about that is because, you know, we talk about worshiping God and it says that he inhabits the praises of his people. You well, know, the the presence of God, which Abraham had to have it, because he didn't know he was going. So the smartest thing he could have <laughs> done was build that altar and get in the presence of God in worship and worship and allow the presence of the Lord to inhabit that praise and to guide him. I mean, how powerful is that? That that is uh, that, that to me just is so beautiful, and it's a great example for us when we need, you know, when we need direction in our life. Like before, we were going to be down here. You know, we knew God was bringing us here. And saying, why was the deal? Why was the deal? we had we I had fired this poor man out and looking at houses. I don't know if it 30 or when we thought that. Yeah, you know, but we didn't want to get into debt. You know, we were trying to be very careful and cautious about that. We kept praying. And at eleven thirty at night, I knew the Lord was saying. Just prompted me to get up and get on the computer and look at houses. Because Kenneth was like, uh, uh-uh, I'm done. <laughs> you know. And I was praying and I said, Lord, you know you are directing our steps, but we don't know where we're going. You know, know, we don't want in Alabama, but we just don't know where. These places, but we want to be near children, and um, this house just pops up. And the next guy called the agent. She said, "I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even see this thing, you know." But God knew it, it, that. So she how much She called me back. She's waiting. I just it just came up on our list, and, and we just knew that's where the Lord wanted us. Even though the house we pit had a lot of issues, <laughs> but to be in His presence and being in the right place. It's when we came in here, it was like God just put your heart you your home. How powerful
0: that is
8: to know your home. And I'll close with this. Not only were those altars a place where Abraham worshipped God, I'll use the term. There was a place he drove up a stake in his life where he knew God had brought him through to something. Yeah. And when we walk with God, He'll allow us. You're a perfect example to drive a stake in our life where we know God met with us and helped us. Because as we all know, we, we have a Christian walk and have ups and downs in it. And it's good to have that stake. But I remember He helped me there. I'll get through this. Yeah. Anyone else?
9: Um, I'll just add one more thing to that. You know, it, when you first opened up your Bible, you open up uh, into Joshua. It, it made me think, the spies, only two mm-hmm. believe go to the Land. Only two trust God enough to believe we can be able to defeat these, these, these giants in the land. The same thing on that journey. It's like, you have to have the faith to take that journey. Who you you God's going to
8: get you through even though you don't see the destination, mm-hmm. that He's going to take you where you need to go. Well, one last thing I should have mentioned this earlier, but I, I, I didn't. Uh, remember, Brother Jimmy Aaron? He has COVID again, and it hadn't been long since he had it, so he's struggling with that. So remember him. He's a former pastor
6: anyone else let's pray for all the revivals that are still going on there so we were so blessed yeah. in our revival um i've talked to so many people that they've had to even call them off or their number had just been down to minimal uh because of the covid so let's pray for these revivals and yeah. pray for, for the, the kids and the teachers and everybody
3: that
4: school starting back and yeah that's around talking the corner about the, or i think it was Roger talking about the, the sheep and you know getting scattered and i feel like especially teenagers it worries me to death um, when they get back in school and they see all these different things of the world
0: that's where they to scatter and you get there it's hard to get them back where they need to be that's my biggest fear.